Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. All right, Luca Nation, let's kick it off. Um, I got a fun topic. I want to talk a little UFC today. Whoa. I hope the, I hope the big man is prepared because, uh, you know, we talk NBA a lot, NFL. We do all that stuff. Maybe baseball as we kind of head into pitchers and catchers. But there's a big card. You know, we got this big boy, Naganyu. I might pronounce his name wrong. Yeah, close enough. Uh, Francis Nagano. He's fighting someone who's 10-0, undefeated. So we'll talk about that in a second. I want to get your take on what high-end cards to buy, what mid-end, and what lower-end cards. Like Kind of like a deep dive into the UFC world. If that's okay with you, we, we could also do it another day. Before we do, guys, I just want to kind of give you a little cooler talk so to speak on the lucas tigers nft project first off tons of you guys when we first launched this were haters understandably so september it was nft world we didn't know what was going on it was a very ambitious project but let me give you kind of the the quick update on what we've done in four or five months and uh what you could look forward to in 2022 so we got the dibs partnership we minted about what was it 350 uh owners um Really, really interesting. We learned a lot during that project. But if you want to mint, if you want to support the show, which 80, 90% of the holders, they said, we love you guys. Thank you for showing up every day. We don't expect anything. We just want to give back. LucasTigers.com. If you want to do that, go ahead, mint one. We're doing a mint one, get one promotion. But since then, we're like, hey, we don't know what we're doing, but let's give back. That's all we know how to do. So first thing we did was uh, dibs partnership right you guys remember that i think that was october uh anyone who owned two tigers got a reward it ended up being 95 bucks per person a little kickback not a lot but uh that's two months in what else are we doing cigar night with cage in atlantic city that's going to be a blast and lastly this is we just announced this we're going to be making a post about it we have a <coughs> partnership with sgc you guys know that right mm -hmm. so the 50 free subs we're gonna have 12 months of these so this is this could be fun. For these next two months, we're doing exclusively. 12 times 50, that's a lot. Don't expect me to do the math, but it's more than 50. Yeah, I, think it's more, I think it's more than 500, Cage. All right. I don't know if that's right. 12 times 50, 500 sounds like a lot. I don't know if it's right. It sounds more like 300. I'm really good at time. I was really, really, really incredible at arithmetic growing up. Like, you remember those times tests? I just, I could bang those out. Um, Ian was just doing but, multiplication. He had to write a story to show nine times seven. And his story was, my dad has nine packs of cards. Each pack has seven cards in it. How many cards does he have? 63. Good. I'll take it. Good storytelling. He's, he's, he's a smart kid. You guys should see what he's building now. He's building this Russian cathedral. It's like four layers, but it's like, it's like, it's like a puzzle mixed with Legos. It's really yeah. interesting. Is that it's pretty cool. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely difficult because it's like, you know, cardboard. The, it's not as easy to, st easy to stick it together and stuff. So, but I had him laughing because you know so, so, he's into dad jokes now. And uh, I'll let you get back to the announcement on the on the Tigers in a second. And I said to him, I go, you know what I never understood about Disney and Marvel? How can they never use the Hulk to advertise more? And he's like, well, okay, like, well, yeah, I guess they should use them. And I said, you know, if you think about it, the Hulk's just one big banner. Brum -bum -bum. Is he so big? No, his name is Banner. He's Dr. Banner. Get it? Banner. 
Like he's one big batter. The Hulk's one big dad. Come on, How does man. he find this stuff? <laughs> How does he figure this stuff out? I don't know. He's into dad jokes now. I don't know. This is a, it's a dad joke, uh, dad joke time. All right, so on with it. We, well, no, we how have, about this? I'm running this relay race. I'll pass you the baton. I'm sure I missed a lot of stuff because no, um, I mean, listen, that's fine, Look, guys. You know, 600 episodes almost, and uh, if we don't hit it today, we'll hit it tomorrow. I believe we're going to cross 400,000 listens, and that doesn't count YouTube. It doesn't count a lot of you know other other you know stuff that we're doing. It doesn't count like the the you know the whatnot shows, but just you know on on Spotify and and Apple Music and that stuff. Just how many times people have clicked and listened to our entire show. That's an amazing thing, guys. 400,000 listens. I mean, you know, we have to thank you for that. And, you know, Andrew and I talk every day, not just as part of the episode. We try to talk, you know, in addition to the episode. And we're, the conversation is almost always the same. It's, it's, you know, we have these folks who have been with us now for a year and a half. We have these folks who bought um, Tigers. You know, like, how do we make sure that they are along for the ride with us? Like, when, when something good happens for us, it's something good happening for them. And the SGC sponsorship, you know, when we when when we went into that, we specifically tried to structure it in a way where we're going to be able to do things for listeners and for Tiger holders. And, um, you know, we're going to be giving away the next two months worth. So let's call it 100 free grades. We're going to be giving away um, half of them to Tiger holders, people who already own the Tigers as a thank you for buying these. Is You know, we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to distribute that to so 50 there. And then we're also, you know, because part of the – you know, part of the value in holding the tiger is not just in, you know, those kind of giveaways that we're giving for you now, the PayPal, you know, the dip sponsorship, um, you know, the cigar night and stuff that Andrew's talking about. It's, it's, you know, you have to continue to add value to them, bringing people in, uh, you know, bringing in new blood and building up the community for it. The other half, the other 50 over the next two months, we're going to be distributing to people who mint tigers. Um, and we're going to give um, to I mean, I guess we could say, right, the next 10 people who, who mint Tigers, we're still doing buy one, get one free, right? You mint one, we'll get you two. And in addition, any of the next 10, you're getting five free cards graded. So the next 10 people who mint the Tiger are going to get five. And people who own the Tigers already, you're going to get free ones too. Some of you already have. We've sent out our first 50 for January already to SGC um, for grading. And we're going to send out another 50 every month. We're going to try to do this, you know, for current Tiger holders, but also in order to, you know, in order to, you know, keep the, uh, you know, keep it live, keep it fun, you know, keep the community of Tigers growing and make it, you know, value right from day one. Um, basically, the way it works right now with ETH the way it is, it's, you know, including gas, it'll cost about 200 bucks. To mint the tiger, you'll get two tigers and five free grades from SGC um, for the next ten folks. To me, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Um, but and yeah, we're really shoot, man. Cage at, like at the core, and I, I should we should have harped on this more when we started the project. But you just support us, and, and yep. if you love our brand, if you love what we do, uh, it means the world to us. And you guys know that we don't take that support lightly. So uh, if you've been waiting for kind of a time to get in. I don't think there's a better time than now. Uh, kind of a combination of factors. ETH has sold off from 4000 to 3000 so it, it's a cheaper buy-in point. Uh, and then we have all the promotions that we just mentioned. So, uh, And that's just the beginning because it's, it's, it's January. We have uh, other businesses and partners and all that stuff sniffing around our butt. Um, we have uh, f- a few other like kind of access things that we're floating around. We're doing crypto casuals. Uh, I'll let you guys know, but we have a really, really special guest that's going to come on there, and we're going to release that show to Tiger holders a little early. Uh, so, so there's a lot of stuff, and, and 
the thing with these projects, they're long-term. And I know it's like kind of feels like a cash grab business over there in NFTs. Trust me, Cage, and I feel like that a lot too. We talk about it. Uh, with us, we're not going to go anywhere. We really enjoy what we do. And uh, I hope you guys are around for the ride. Cage. Shoot. How you doing, big guy? I'm good, man. I had a big dinner right before we recorded. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, you should never eat before an episode. You know, like, so now I'm a little, a little tired, a little, I'm burping you, a little bit, you know. Would you eat before a game? Sure. I eat before everything. I eat after everything. I'm always eating. That's how, we're, that's how I roll. You eat before games. I eat all the time. You wouldn't have kicked a 50-yard field goal in high school like 51. you told me if you, if you ate. 51. Oh, oh, like orange quarters. I'll eat, you know, during games. You know, <laughs> you know, you played soccer. There's always a mom that's got, I got the orange quarters. I got the orange Honestly, quarters. Yeah. God's honest truth. I, I, it's like it's like tradition. Yep. Get the orange I don't know quarters. Who, who started that? Like when you look at the orange soccer. quarters. Oh my god! You gotta have the quartered oranges. Who cares? Come on now. So Cyril Gagne, you want? Can you imagine the culture right? shock my parents had? Because my mom was nineteen. It came over here. She was like twenty-two. Well, it took her three years to get here, huh? Yeah, we came over here in nineteen ninety-two. And it took her three years. She was 19. She came over here. She was 22. Was it like a three-year or three-year crossing of the Atlantic? Did you guys swim? Think, did you take styrofoam? I don't styrofoam? realize, man, it's not that easy to immigrate to the States. All right. I don't know. I, I don't. It took, you got to get, like, called by uh, someone who already immigrated here. They have to ask for you. You have to get uh, a green card. So or you like could just go through car. Mexico. Now we live in Mexico. <laughs> See, there you go. Look what you did. Your parents should disown you. <laughs> they spent they three Mexico years. They spent three years trying to get you here, and what'd you do? You left and went to Mexico. You went back. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my parents. Because when COVID first hit, I was in New York, Brooklyn, um, hanging out with those. You know, you guys know the guys, the, the Gary V fam, all those guys. And they're like, "Dude, come to Mexico." And I was like, "No, no, COVID, no, no." Five of our flights, Kate, were canceled. We had a. I came back to Philly to catch a flight. The flights were canceled. I had to go back to Newark. And there was five people on our flight. This was like a week after COVID hit. Five wow. people. And you made it. You went down to Mexico and enjoyed yourself and, you know, hung out on the beach. I mean, how do you beat that? How do you beat that? I Guys. said for Tiger holders, we should do – I want to buy this mansion here right on the beach. And I, I we should do like kind of like a, a weekend conference, a weekend card show here. And Cage like, who would come to Cancun? Who would come to Mexico? I was like – have you been here? It's amazing. Why wouldn't you come? It's a $200 flight. Hotels are cheap. The people are amazing. I mean, it's a fantastic idea. I mean, I mean, there is nothing unrealistic at all about you just I'm just gonna buy a mansion. Just gonna let's start off with step one. There's this mansion here in Mexico. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna buy it. Okay, so that's it. It's just step it's one. A playa car. Andrew's buying a playa car mansion, right? So that's step one. So 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 I'm supposed to just this is step realistic. One. This is a realistic conversation. Step, step one, yeah, profit, right? And then once Andrew takes ownership of this Playa del Car mansion, Probably he's just gonna years. he's gonna message out to Tiger holders. You are cordially invited. Come to Uno Dos Trace Avenido de Andrew. In Playa del Carmen, please. This place has pull 30 up. bedrooms. And it 30, has like, an, it has like an adjacent lot and it has a hotel nearby. So like anybody holding a specific trait, they get so, inside the um, house. Access. How much are you how much are you buying this house for, pray tell? Ten mil. Is this one mil. Just Ten one mil. million. Ten million. Okay. 
Please mint well, the tigers, folks. Andrew, Andrew has dreams. It's, it's Andrew uh, has listed dreams, for folks. 10 mil. 10 mil. I mean, listen, you probably get it for like 9.5. Bargain. What's going on over there? <laughs> yeah. Dude, do you, yeah, do you have somebody locked in the closet? This is not me. This is not my house. This is next what do you, door, 100%. And there's, there's you, three girls in there. And what are they doing? I, I think I, you should I take, take the computer with you and knock on the door and say, listen, I'm recording a podcast. Everyone just heard that interesting noise being made. We need to know that you're okay. And just go in and offer your assistance. Say, yo soy Andrew. Say, uh, you know, ayudar. You know, like, you know, offer your, offer your help, man. He left. Good. I hope he comes back with a story. You know, he drops this UFC bomb on us, Cyril Gagne. I'm supposed to talk about the UFC heavyweight fight between Francis. Oh, wow. Sounds like someone just shot Andrew. No, I'm good. Nice. It, okay. it was, so you know how, like, when ladies sometimes they travel alone, they bring these huge suitcases, but mm -hmm. places here don't have elevators, so they have to kind of pick them up, but they can't pick them up. So, they so you stand out there by the stairs and watch them and laugh and say, Mah, you can't lift <laughs> no, that. You're a weakling. <laughs> so... Do you think that sounds like me? You say yeah, I would help mom you, but I'd rather just laugh. I'm a mom and a sister. Like I, uh, I'm a gentleman. I, come on now. I can see it now. You lifting up the heavy suitcase for the young lady. Federales come. You're arrested for being a drug mule. Suitcase full of drugs. You're carrying it up the stairs the, for him. The whole great stuff. Dollar plan is is unraveled. Like that. That's how I was going to buy the house. Ten mil out the window. I love it. Well, listen, if they make if they continue to make noise, just go over there and smack them around a little bit. Obviously, don't do that. But just tell them, you know, we're recording, so we need quiet. So, thank you. No? What do you think of the UFC fights? Are you... Um, are I you think it's an interesting fight, right? Cyril Gagne, uh, you know, Nagano's awesome. You remember, I got a color blast of that lunatic. Um, you know, he <laughs> is... He, he, he hits really hard, like most, you know, champ UFC heavyweights do. Um, the heavyweight class is pretty piss poor right now. And that's why, you know, it's you, you, you're like, oh, it's an undefeated Cyril Gagne. Who cares? Like, this is not a big fight. Neither is Francis Nagano, believe it or not. Um, you know, there are not many huge names in the heavyweight division. Um, I remember when, uh, you know, when I started collecting cards um, of UFC in 09 when Topps released their first set, um, Brock Lesnar was in the division. Randy Couture was there. Um, Kane Velasquez was young and coming up and, um, you know, a future champ and he was going to beat Brock Lesnar. He had Junior Dos Santos. Um, you had some real names, some real heavyweight fighters. And, you know, I mean, you have now Francis Nagano, Derek Lewis. And it so happens that Cyril Gagne, a couple fights, I think he's only fought 10 fights, so he is undefeated, but, um, he stepped up in, in class and he beat Junior Dos Santos, a former champ. A uh, good striker, but towards um, JDS is now clearly tail end of his career. Probably shouldn't be fighting anymore. Um, but that's a nice name. It's sort of like a gatekeeper. And he also Gagne also beat Derek Lewis. And so you know, it's a it's a fair you know fair person for him to be fighting now. You know, there really are not the anyone else in the cream of the the heavyweight class. And it's funny you can tell that it's a weak class, and and a lot of the weight classes are weak because you know when people are fighting, it's like I'm going to call out Conor McGregor. Right, dude hasn't even fought. I'm gonna call out Khabib. Doesn't even fight, you know. But those are the paydays, right? Like, let me let me call out Connor. It doesn't. If you don't even know who the champ is, right? But this guy Gagne, he's already saying after I beat Nagano, I want to fight uh, uh, John Jones. 
Because even though Jones hasn't fought all year, he didn't fight last year, the first time he hasn't fought, and he's in trouble with the law all, all over the place, and he's, you know, a heel, he is a draw. You know, he's a name. You know, he's a big fight that's out there for people. It's not, oh, I'm going to let me talk about how great this fight's going to be and set up a trilogy of fights between Cyril Gagne and Francis Naganu because it sells pay-per-views. No one really can cares. I, yeah, shoot, you, please. Because you've okay. said this before. But yeah. To me, it sounds a lot like um, a Joe Montana fan saying that Troy Aikman is no not good. Not really. Like, I mean, Aikman was very good, and he was a draw at the time. You know, I mean, he was one of the better quarterbacks, not the best one there. But but there has always been a headliner. I mean, Montana t- handed over the the you know the mantle to Favre and you know Steve Young and Elway and Brady and and Manning. There hasn't been anyone like that in the UFC. So my question in this cage is: It Montana is a special talent, both as a player and as a personality. And so were those guys, and the. Or is it the NFL markets their people better than the UFC, and the UFC doesn't market these guys well enough? So I think it's a lot. I think it's the UFC does enough to market these folks. Remember this, you know, they, they fight. They only fight a couple times a year, right? They only fight a couple times a year. So you know, to so to get a heavyweight like the main guy, it shouldn't you shouldn't have to you know promote that much. This should be like a major. Um, you know, a major thing. It should be like, wow, it's it's Francis Naganu, and he's he's got this big fight coming up, you know. But but Francis Naganu, even him, you know, um, what is he, sixteen and three, you know, um, you know, he's the champ. But he, you look at his record; he hasn't really fought anybody, you know, that's so great either. And I think part of it is, man, I mean, I don't know if the the money is not the greatest in the UFC, you know, and these guys are getting their brains beat in, you know, and um, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know what, what what exactly it is, but the heavyweight champ used to mean something. Um and just I, I say this with heavyweight class, I really do. And you know, it's it's part of I think part of why the the um the UFC has kind of lost a little bit of its shine, right? There you know, there's not <laughs> let me let me do the best thing here. Francis Naganu, he won the championship by, by beating um, Stipe Miocic, who we've talked about. Stipe, firefighter, great champ, you know, barely a heavyweight. You know what I mean? Like if he if he if he dropped enough weight, he could probably fight light heavyweight. You know, he wasn't never he never was somebody who had problems like weighing in, he didn't have to cut weight, you know, he wasn't a big heavyweight. And I remember when I used to pull Stipe Miocic autographs, you were mad. Because he was not even like thought of as even in the top five of the heavyweight fighters. Right, you had all these other people there. You had a lot, and they haven't done much to kind of backfill the. And 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 let me not shit on the UFC too much. We've talked about this with boxing too. Like boxing heavyweight champion it used to be, you know, Mike Tyson. Right, it used to be like there were names like Klitschko. Right, it used to be these. Uh, but it's so fragmented now. Like that, you're competing for attention. I guess that's part of it, right? I mean, like. And I'm, I'm not saying that when Mike Tyson was fighting, he wasn't competing for attention. But I think, like, okay, you had football, basketball, baseball, and boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have all of that, but you have it in your face. And then you have all of these social media platforms where you could just go and watch, like, TikTok dancers. And everything is so fragmented these days in terms of content on the internet that, like, it's almost – it's unless you have – like, John Jones is interesting because – a part of his draw is the fact that he's been out for so long. Well, he's also exciting. He's dynamic. He's got a story. He's been doing it for a while. He does things in the cage that nobody. 
nobody else really has done. Um, you know, so not yeah, people out and let them fall to the ground and not catch them. Oh, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, look, there are times where where you know the where where the UFC heavyweight you know class is better than 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 it had been in years past. And obviously, everybody romanticizes a time where they were right bigger, so bigger fans. I get it, but but think about it though, man. From from like um, from 2007 through like you know 2011, 2012, you had. You had, you know, uh, Randy Couture was a champ. You had Brock Lesnar was a champ. You had Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos and Cain again. Um, you know, and then you had Stipe for a little while and Daniel Cormier. And, you know, now you have, you know, I guess Gagne is the interim champ, believe it or not. I'm pretty sure Gagne, when he beat Derek Lewis, that was an, an, an interim title um, back in, in, in August. Nagano hasn't fought in a while. But, um I don't know, man. You know, the heavyweight one is a, is a difficult one, right? The heavyweight's a difficult one because nobody really lasts that long as champ anyway. It's hard to stay the heavyweight champ because it's like, you know, it's it, th these are punchers. These are guys, you know, they're going to they're gonna get their asses beat. I think Stipe actually was one that held it for, for one of the longest reigns as a UFC heavyweight champ. He held it for like two years. You know, he beat Overeem, he beat JDS, he beat Nagano. There's not a lot of heavyweight champs, if you go back, who have three title defenses People don't really didn't really last that long as heavyweight champs, and that, that that also makes it tough to market these guys, right? Seriously, like you you can go back and and go through it. I'm pretty sure you know Lesnar beat two guys. Uh, I think Kane only beat two guys, and then Vadum beat him. Um, or or Vadum, I think actually was an interim champ. Kane was injured. Um, Kane was champ for a lot of days, but he didn't really fight that many times because he was injured. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Stipe with his three title defenses may be the most in one sitting for any chance yet, Think about that but yet he's he's his cards are the ones you want the least so let's talk about that because i do want to relate this to cards sure if you were to go with like these are the high-end cards i would look at or sets these are the mm -hmm. mid-tier uh you know mid-tier i'd put like five hundred dollars to you know two thousand five hundred three thousand bucks and mm -hmm. here are the lower end cards i would look at could you could you go could you go for that and uh if you want me to, I could pull them up uh, and do a screen share as you're doing that. You mean of who? Gagne? Of of uh, of Nagano? Anybody, of who? Any, anybody? Okay. Like okay. like if you were buying UFC, would you go back to those you know heyday guys? Because maybe UFC becomes the WWE, and if you hold those guys for ten years, they become like that Andre the Giant card we talked about yesterday. Yeah, I mean a hundred percent. And I mean the thing is, like people love heavyweights, and this, this fight we're talking heavyweights because it's a heavyweight. But if you go back and look at like the middleweight. We talked about Anderson Silva. You know, when Silva was a champ, he won 10 straight fights. He held that belt for 10 straight fights. He won 10 fights while holding the belt. George St. Pierre, when he was fighting 170, when he was a 170 champ, he also, he fought, he beat nine straight people while holding the belt, right? So, I mean, like, there are people who do this. Even, even at that weight class, Kamaru Usman, he's won five straight fights as a champ now. Izzy Adesanya, he doesn't have a bunch of, of wins. I think he's only won three fights as the champ now, but, but he's running... A string together. There are guys, you know, who who are are good champs, exciting champs. I mean, Izzy Adesanya is exciting to watch. Um, he's not a heavyweight, um, you know. And you had Khabib won a lot of fights, and so I mean, listen, this is I understand what you're saying, and we've talked about this. Um, yes, I believe that there is a chance that you, that the more and more you start buying the 
Jan Blakovich now, the Cyril Gagne now, the Francis Naganu now, the guys who are going to be good for, you know, one or two years and maybe win a fight or two or maybe stay champ for one or two title defenses, the more you appreciate the people who have come before who did it and, and have records and stayed champ for years and fought wars. So, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as the WWF cards, WWE cards. Um, you know, people want those Hulk Hogan cards. People want the Ric Flair cards. These are the guys that, that you know, that paved the way for the people who are doing it now. Gregor, but also, where, where are you at? I mean, I, I listen is he like, is he that guy? Connor's, Connor kind of transcends because Connor, you know, he was really good when he was doing it. Didn't, you know, he did it for a little while. He was really good when he did it. But he was the one who, you know, believe it or not, Ronda Rousey is one also. You're seeing in NFTs now, right? Don't, don't. You know, don't take the, the female projects for granted. Um, Rousey also. But there are people who 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 kind of change the game. You know what I mean? There are people who kind of change the game. And, um, you know, Connor was one of them. Connor is a... The, part of the problem with the fight coming up now and the heavyweights that are out there and Steve Miocic, I mean, maybe people know him, is it's, are you a household name? Right? Hulk Hogan's a household name. People know who he is, right? He was in movies. Right, I remember he was in Rocky. Um, he was in Rocky Three. You know what I mean? Like he was. A, he was. People knew who he was. Right? Even Ric Flair. People know who he is. Connor. People know who he is. Cyril Gagne. People don't know who that is. You know, even Francis Ngannou. People don't know who that is. Although I think he might have been in some movies actually. Um, so but, okay, but let me ask you then for a high end card. Uh, shoot, and we'll get to mid mid tier. And so we we talk about this card. This is the first autograph, right? And the early autograph too, because you talk a lot about how. Um, now when they sign, it's just a scribble, right? Yep. And here it's like this is his full name, even though it still looks like a scribble. PSA 10, 2013 UFC Bloodlines, fighter autographs, Conor McGregor. In a PSA 10, we're going really high end, uh, mm-hmm. 27 of them. But if you look at the card ladder chart here, Cage, I mean, crazy. It's 520 bucks in 2016. But if this chart is up and to the right, and yet there is like this outlier sale here of 22.65. It's come down since it's 12K. You think this is a card that got ahead of itself, has potential long-term? No, what are you, the, the, I don't no think. Potential? And what's, what's funny is, see the similar there? If you scroll down, that's a red, that's a red one. That one there, which is 20000 that one's a, a, with a similar sale of 12009 That's out of eight. That's numbered out yep. of eight. And great doesn't matter. Right? So that one's numbered out of eight. Why wouldn't you go for that? It's a pretty comparable price. Last sale on that was $12,000. This one's got a, a $12,000 you know, comp for the base one. I got to tell you guys, that Conor McGregor, it almost makes me vomit to see this. I probably own 50 of these cards. This is of not this a rare card. Of that auto, 50 of them. I opened cases of 2013 Knockout. Cases of it. I owned, there's a red ink one also that's out of 15. I owned eight of them. It's got his nickname on it. It says Notorious MMA, Conor McGregor. I owned eight of the 15 red inks. So I just see that it's selling for this much. I, like I said, it makes me a little sick. That is not a rare card. It's not. I, I mean, apologize. I, what's funny about it is I would almost, I would almost tell you to go for, um, to go for um, a prism gold. Do you know what I mean? Or the tops chrome, you know, gold refractor or something like that, because you know there's some to it, rather than going for a, a, a base autograph card that is not limited at all. I mean, it's not a okay, limited okay. card whatsoever. It's not an SP. So you're, you're doing some stuff over there. You're, you're plugging in, plugging out. Um, I will get into my play, and then we'll come back to the lower end after you're done, or are you, are you back with me? 
No, I'm with you. You're very distant yeah, and very delayed. Ever since you started playing with your very phone. Very distant. I'm always distant. No, it's I'm like your voice distant. comes through three, four, five seconds after you say something. It's, it's ever since you started fiddling with your phone. Is it going to take three years for me to come across the Atlantic Ocean? Is it that kind of delay or is it only like three okay. seconds? There shouldn't be much of a delay. Yeah, I, I very don't hear much, very much delay, any delay yeah. at all. Now you're muted. You muted yourself. Am I delayed now? Very much delay. What's very Exit much delay? Come back in. But but I'll talk about this. So I get I gave you guys the um, the whole spiel on how European teams struggle in the World Cup, especially where the World Cup is in on Asian or Latin American soil. You guys could look this up. European teams prefer to play in Europe. Because it's, it's a very temperate climate. You know, you have the four seasons, doesn't get as hot, doesn't get as cold, typically. So European teams typically have success in Europe. You're back. Talk to me. Talk to me. There you go. You're back. Uh, I'm, Talk. talking, I'm talking about soccer. We're going to come back to you with European team, uh, with lower end UFC. But I've said this. Latin American teams are going to do really, really, really well in Dubai. They're going to do really well in Dubai. And I, I see uh, Argentina or Brazil or both. Getting through to the quarters and maybe the. So you buying fake seat. Messi autos? Is that your play? Buy Messi what autos happened? that weren't signed by Messi. What happened? You didn't hear this drama? No, I, I, Cage. Believe it or not, I kind of like my life. All right, we'll have to do some research. Have to do some research. It turns out that I think most of them are are actually signed by him at least in a certain period. But no, a little little rumor mill came out today about how you know, um, even though they were authenticated that Messi had somebody signing his autographs for him. Is that what I think players do? Well, I mean, Miles Bridges, before he became good this year, he would sign LaMelo Ball's cards, it seems. Do they just not want to sign their own stuff? Like, I don't know. I mean, ask Luca's mom. Are you... I never know if you're being sarcastic or not. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being honest. Mom, I probably wouldn't do this podcast. So, so do me a favor and pull up um, Card Porn's account. And I'm pretty sure that the most recent post they had is somebody named Steve Grad talking about uh, Leo Messi having someone sign some of his on-card auto stuff back in 2018, like the 2018 Eminence. Even LAFC Gunner posted that it was a Grail card of his, but then it turns out that. Um, it, it, the one he has, there's a video or some photos surfaced of, of Messi signing that particular card. So there you go. Autograph. You see what I mean? So autographs on Twitter, identified number of these, see? Messi signatures on different soccer cards. Right? See it or no? Wow. That's crazy. So like you could be holding an amazing card and I mean, what happens now? Like, is this still hold value? Well, I mean, these cards uh, are beautiful. I love the Eminence cards. What's funny about it is, I'm pretty sure Steve Grad is from Beckett. Like, I'm pretty sure he's a Beckett guy who was basically saying, like, hey, even though we may have authenticated these cards, they might not be authentic. Like, some of these things look, they're in Beckett holders. I love this 2014 set of Prism Silver. Prism and Prism Silver. There's a few autos. I like this one. I like this a lot. 2014 Prism Auto of Messi. All right. Well, interesting stuff. 
Yeah, don't don't buy Messi's autos or buy his real ones. <laughs> yeah, buy, buy his real ones. ones. Only buy his real ones. Don't <laughs> buy the Messi auto signed by Luca's mom. Yeah, did not buy that. Uh, <laughs> but I want to talk about a different guy. So I'm kind of building a little bit of a mutual fund because World Cup, Ooh. a little bit unpredictable. You don't know who's going to do well. And I think a few guys come to mind. But the, the one I want to talk about today is Neymar, right? I, I said Latin American teams are going to do well. I'm going off of that thesis. I gave you guys a play with Messi recently. Neymar is another one that could have that could be in contention for the goal scorer of the tournament. Their team could go really far. They're an exciting team. They're playing really well. I think they've won nine games in qualifiers, so they're, they're a good team. And the play I'm bringing you last few days has been higher priced plays. This one's a hundred dollars for Prism PSA 10 from his 2014 card. $118. He'll pull it, pull it up for you guys. And why am I going with 2014? I think 2014 has the same type of uh, kind of vibe that 2012 Prism does. And, and look, I mean, I hear you on this chart, guys. Not a good looking chart at all. But look at that. The price looks like it falls just like he does. <laughs> He's a big diver. But dude. 118 bucks. It was a little bit more expensive here. You're, you're, it's not a huge buy-in for a pop of 752. I'm going to tell you why I love this. Can I tell you why I love this? this play? Sure. You know, on January 25th, he's got a Netflix documentary coming out, right? Does he really? Yep. Feels yeah. like everyone gets a Netflix documentary. No, but he's got a good one. And people are basically saying, like, you know, it, it paints him in a pretty good light. And, the, you know, this is one of those guys who, you know – let me see the best comparison I can give to him. How about the, how about Bryce Harper? Like coming out real young yeah. with real high expectations, right? The weight of the world on your shoulders, almost impossible to live up to it, falters a little bit. And even though for the last couple of years, playing at a real high level, not getting any kind of credit for it, always thought of as slightly below that top, top tier of players that are out there. Um, and I would say a little unfairly. And, you know, if they continue to play at a high level, they can have a little bit of a redemption kind of moment. I mean, Harper's winning the MVP here. I think, you know. I'm, I'm torn between being surprised. I wanted to show you guys one more card, and I want to Shoot. comment on something there, Cage. So, Pop 20, the silver version, the Prism Silver from 2014, only a thousand bucks, a thousand and change here for a Pop 20 card. So, whether that's the base or the Prism, which is what they call it then, the Prism Prism. Really, really buyer on these two. I'm surprised you know that because a lot of people don't know that he came out uh, and he was like a child phenom. Like yep. people had never seen him, anyone really play like that since you know Pele and those like true greats. How do you know? Your, how do you know about Neymar? You were doing a little research. No, I mean you know he was a name. Um, you know he was a name in soccer. You know, you know, and and um. You know, I do watch the World Cup. You know, I do watch. I do watch big events. Um, you know, I never root for the guy everybody else is rooting for. I was a big Schweinsteiger fan. Schweinsteiger. You know, but it, dude, he it, was. Uh, look up his highlights from uh, when he was a kid. Uh, Santos. He, he was. He tore that league up. Hundred and seven goals as like an eighteen-year-old in one hundred seventy games. Like as a seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen-year-old. Like that's kind of crazy. Um, so you're absolutely right. I'm really excited for the documentary. I had no idea. Yep, January 25th. Do so you like my play? I do. I like it. a couple of listeners have actually messaged me about whether or not Neymar is a play. So I'm glad you made it because it's not a play I'm probably gonna make. 
Um, but yeah, people have, have said, hey, what do you think? What do you think about the, you know, with the, with the documentary coming out? You know, we've seen some real upticks in players. Um, and, I got to I mean, tell some- you, Cage, I love making money for our community. Like, I like making money ourselves. I like when our NFTs, our cards go up and we're happy. But I, 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 I love getting messages from our community like, hey, great call on Steph Curry. You know, like I gave Steph Curry as a play last year. A lot of people don't realize that. I talked about the Warriors as being a real threat. And people made good money on, on Curry, Cage, because that was April of last year when they were getting knocked out by uh, the Lakers in the, play, in the playing game. And that's – I remember those episodes I was talking about Curry and the Warriors. So, like, getting messages like that, uh, Kobe cards, a few other GTSM.high. Like, thank you guys for sending love. I, I, I hope you're making money. It means the world to me. It means the world to me. So, I'm going to swing it back. And forget about UFC. UFC is kind of stupid. But you brought up a great, great um, comparison here. I mean, you got Conor McGregor. His base autograph out of PSA 10 is, is $12,000. So ridiculous. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, Conor McGregor autograph. I'm sticking with my theme this week, guys, and it's Cage wants to know whether or not you're buying something that you can see in a museum. So you, you know would what see I, that Conor card in a museum, though. No way. You would see 50 of them in my shoebox. But here's the fun thing. You ready? Combat sports. Let's stick with it. Dude, the, I always thought my whole life I would make all this money. I would buy this huge house, and in that huge house, I'd have a man cave with my cards. And little do I, I learned my mentor, my best friend, my business yeah. partner, yeah. he's worked his whole life. He makes a six-figure income. This podcast has been so lucrative to him, and he keeps his cards in a shoebox. I do. A nice box. Yeah, a nice shoebox. I, go, I got a couple of different shoeboxes, um, and I have a safe. But so here you go. You ready? Um in 2011, this a guy cage signed cage. almost everything. And you know, it was, his, you can't use that unless I get royalties. Cage cage. His life was kind of winding down, and Leaf really gave him a little contract and signed. But the signatures weren't so good because, like I said, it was you know towards the end of his the ends of his life, and and you know he was um, you know feeling the effects of a a, a life of combat sports. Um, Pete but Rose. I'm a little I'm a little surprised by. Um, how cheap some of his better stuff is. And, and in 1991 and 1992, there were some legitimate autographs put out there for Muhammad Ali. And I think that if you are considering spending thousands of dollars on a Conor McGregor autograph, here's what's funny, guys. The world catches up to things. Price discovery happens, right? This is not a scarce thing. Muhammad Ali lived a long time and he signed a lot of autographs and he was the greatest for the better part of 50, 60 years. You know, he fought in the Olympics in the 60s, right? And he signed up until, you know, the last decade. So you're talking about somebody who was signing autographs for, for 50 years. It's not exactly a rare autograph. But what I'd love for you to do is put into eBay, what'd you find? That's a perfect one. The 1991 All Sports, AW Sports, Boxing Ali autograph. Now, I'm going to get you my jokes. I find you the exact card. I'll get you even better. 1992 1992 Pro Line. 1992 Pro Line. Um, Real nice. Just scroll down for me. (laughs) Keep keep going. You don't want (laughs) to. I mean, that's Milton Burrow. I mean, he had an autograph on it also, believe it or not. (laughs) Uncle Milton. You know, like Uncle Milty, he was a Chiefs fan. How Next. can you not like this guy? He looks like he's so happy. Oh, 
Uncle Milty's a funny man. Uncle Milty was a funny guy. Keep going, keep going. Not that. Uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Hey, I love people. So that, you should. Like, did you did you type Ali? You're ignoring me. You're yeah, I mean, me. you should type Ali. So there you go. I mean, not four thousand dollars. Scroll down. Four hundred and twenty-nine dollars and ninety-five cents. A full-on, not shaky Muhammad Ali autograph on a pro-line card. Some of these, if you go back, you can actually see he signed some of these Cassius Clay. It would be cool to get one of each. That would be kind of cool also. This is what, $400. There are ones cheaper, right? If you put in, if you put in 1991, there are there's other... Your, there's your Cassius Clay cage. Yeah, see? He signed that one, Cassius Clay. That's 999 make an offer. You probably get it for half that. Um, there are several autographs. I happen to like that Pro-Line one. Um, there are several autographs in 1991... Um, and 1992, you found that one, the AW Sports. KO has autographed uh, holograms of him. Um, there's a 1991 Ring Lord set that people have with his autograph on it. You can find ones that are actually signed by him that were like authentic in packs like this one or ones that people, you know, signed and got graded. Um, you know, there are, you know, no shortage of them out there. Find one that you like yourself. Um, but for when we talk about thousands of dollars for Conor McGregor or, you know, Francis Naganu or whoever else it is, it's a couple hundred bucks and you get yourself a Muhammad Ali autograph. Look at that SGC, right? I mean, that's a nice one also. Um, there are no shortage of it. And I got to tell you, I went down a little bit of an Ali rabbit hole, right? So, so I'm, uh, I have so many misses, so many regrets on these things, but you know, the 1990 Swedish record, um, and the ni- I'm 1990, that's the 1960, 1962, the 1960 Hemich Journal. Um, you see these pop up in all the premieres and the goldens. It's the one where there's, the, I think, 11 PSA 9s. You have to cut it out of a, of a four square, you know, little piece of, 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 of paper. And um, the thing sells for thousands upon thousands of dollars. Now, I remember when I got back into this and oh, I was going to buy Michael Jordan. I was going to buy these things. I was like, oh, let me buy a Muhammad Ali, but I didn't know which one to buy. Right, I didn't know which one to buy, and I was going to buy the Hemets. I was going to buy this. That Hemets was less than a thousand dollars, right? There's, there's no shortage of it either. It turns out there's only eleven or twelve in PSA nine, but it wasn't a lot of money. Now, in any grade, they're a lot of money because people have people have started figuring out what Ali cards, just like Pele, right? When I Let's bought my Alafalabalaje, Ala didn't cost me what I sold it for, and it doesn't cost what it costs now. I believe that these Ali autos will head in that direction. Right? I believe that there is always going to be a significant demand for Muhammad Ali autographs. And so, right now, you can buy them cheaper. But I don't think you're going to be able to always buy a Muhammad Ali autograph cheap. Does it matter who also owns the cards? Like, um, for example, the Dwayne The Rock Bumblebee card in a PSA 10. Huh? That card hit astronomical prices. Yep. But if you kind of go down the, the thread of that, who owned that card, they were all very closely associated to one influencer. Right. So, yes. Uh, you know, The Rock has other cards, right? The Rock has wrestling cards, for example. And the wrestling card went up, but it didn't go up nearly as crazy as that card. Right. You, if you were buying The Rock card, logically, you would say, I'm going to buy his wrestling card, not his Miami Hurricanes Bumblebee tuna fish card. But so, like, you're talking about your miss on this Ali or the miss on Pele, because, you know, you might have bought the photo, not the one that sold yep. at Golden. But also, if you kind of go down the thread of who owns it, it's not a, what is it? It's, it's not a, how do I word this? You could figure out why it hit these, the prices it did and the others didn't. 
Yeah. And guys, listen, 2011 Leaf, there's Muhammad Ali set. There's a million autos. You can get them pretty cheap. If you want to have some fun, in 2011, there's a Leaf Ali set that has not just Ali stuff in it, but also what they call Ali opponents and Ali fans, Ali friends. There's a cool Hulk Hogan autograph in a Muhammad Ali set. You know, I think that I think you know you can get that for a couple hundred bucks. Also, if you want to look for an alternate way to play Hulk Hogan, um, you know, one of my favorite ones. We didn't even pull it up. There's a 1992 classic Ali auto. It's a really cool. It's a cool looking card. Um, you can see him in in PSA holders. And again, a couple hundred bucks. You just 1992 classic Muhammad Ali. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, these are the kind of plays that I'm making with my car, my my collection. There it is, right there. And, you know, they're the one under its PSA 8. So there you go. Classic 1992. You know, I think this might have even been Kent Golden at the time. Because, you know, this is what Force Boy. If you go back, one more, hit back one more time. Look at that. Numbered. Right? It looks like it's hand numbered out of 300. Go down. See, there's a PSA 8. 750 or best offer. I mean, we're not talking about killer money on these things. And they're pretty cool. And they're full signed. And you can see the, you know, the... The difference. This I don't one know isn't one's, numbered. That one doesn't look like it's numbered, which is odd. Um, yeah, it's not, they're not like professionally made. No, I mean classic was classic was like college athletes, sports. Um, you know, classic was was like draft picks uh, for sport in 1992-93. So yeah, I mean it's just one of those things, guys, that I started thinking of. You know, I want to I want to swing my collection towards the greats, the all time greats, and you know what better all time great is there than Muhammad Ali? Um, Probably Rocky Marciano. There he goes. There they go. There they go. Every time I talk about Joe Lewis, I got to pull Rocky Marciano out of the ass. He was good. He kicked Joe Lewis's ass. Joe Lewis 176 years old when they fought. Do you know what movie this is? It's probably Rocky. Oh, my God. It's coming to America. Barbershops. From from where? Where do you come to America from? He comes from Zamunda. Oh, Eddie Murphy. Yes, he came from Zamunda. Eddie Murphy. 100%. Beverly Hills Cop in, in the Lions jacket. All right. That's cool. I mean, I like the Beverly Hills Cop. That's all I remember. Don't do, you remember his, do you remember his character's the, name? Eddie Murphy? Done next. Yeah. No, in, in Beverly Hills Cop. He was Axel Foley. What's the other guy's name? What other guy? <laughs> what other guy? Officer Taggart? <laughs> Dude, these are sick. I'm, I I can't multitask, Cage. I'm probably Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Right, well, I'm guys, this. this was another fun episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Braun. What's fun is you know you're onto something when you send somebody on a little hunt and, and they get lost in eBay. It's fun, right? And, and when you're talking about Ali, you're talking about stuff in the you know 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. You're now going down a little boxing rabbit hole. Rocky Marciano cards, which shouldn't be $12 when Conor McGregor cards are 12000 Leave Conor McGregor out of this. I could not be more excited today. Every single NBA team is playing. However, wow. I'm actually a little bit not excited because I can't watch all the games at once. You know what I mean? There's no red zone for basketball. Well, sir, you have a billion-dollar idea now there, don't you? Sounds like your mansion is just around the corner. You need to create... Red court for basketball. You need to create a red zone channel. Aren't you my business partner? You take half of everything. You're, you're, worse, I, you're, like, a, you're like a wife. Yeah. You don't put out. Like it's uh, it's kind of shitty. That's redundant. 
Someone, someone clearly has not been married. That's <laughs> you. You got the whole marriage thing all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you gotta love life. But listen, folks, this was a fun one. Um, uh, I'm excited for the basketball games tonight. What do you expect to see in tonight's game? You expect to see the Grizzlies pull an upset? You expect to see anything fun? Where, where, where are we going? My phone's so about to die, so keep it quick. All right, I do think the Grizzlies could pull off an upset, but not without Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, and Dylan Brooks. Not, not enough depth. I'm really surprised by this line. The Lakers are minus five at home versus the Pacers. If you guys haven't watched the Pacers, they're terrible. They can't defend anybody. And the Lakers at home are minus five points. That shows you how fall, how far they've fallen. Uh, Mavs, really excited about this team. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 three-game win streak, playing really well. Uh, Przingis has come back, and there's something there. And that's all you need to know because the other games are kind of – When's Draymond Green coming back, man? They need him back. I mean, they just they just busted ass on the Pistons. Well, Without him. it is it is the Pistons. And Kaminga is actually playing playing some good minutes. It's cool. Yeah, it's incredible how well they develop talent, man. It's like next guy up, and it's not next guy up. It's like next guy up is like a trade asset now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he was always supposed to be really good. I remember when we were at the uh, National when they drafted him. People were like, wow, he's going to fall to the, to the Warriors. He's such a good player. He's such a good talent. You know, I remember that. Um, so I guess people were right. Got to love it. Also, for you baseball folks out there, looks like the top 100 prospects are out. Jason Dominguez, who everybody's spending all their money on, dropped down to, I think, number 87 prospect. Yankees kid named Anthony Volpe, who we talked about in the previous episode. I think he's moved up to number 10. Um, you know, fun stuff when those things come out, you know, prospecting. They still have to perform when the season starts and justify those rankings. They're just preseason rankings, but they are they are pretty cool. A lot of people who prospect in, in baseball cards um, you know, they do they do put a lot of weight into those hot top 100 prospect rankings. Now let's go research some messy die. stuff, man. Let's go research. Your phone's going to die. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Again, um, big year for us. If you guys want to support the show, lucastigers.com. Mint your first NFT. If you guys have never done it and need any help, reach out to me. I'm happy to walk you through that. Uh, there's a lot of benefits that come with it, a, a bunch of benefits that we've already announced, a lot of benefits that we haven't announced, uh, but we will work as hard as we can to over-deliver for you guys and appreciate all, all, all the support. Love you, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.